This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Gracelyn Keller with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm excited today to be joined by Jim Bobeck, who is the CEO of the Federal Hearings and Appeals Services. Jim, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today, and I would love to have you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about your role. Grace, thank you very much for that introduction. My name is Jim Bobeck. I am the CEO of Federal Hearings and Appeals Services. Uh, Federal Hearings and Appeals Services is a leading provider of medical claims review and dispute resolution services. Uh, That is our core business, and we've been doing that now for over 27 years, since 1996. We partner with various organizations and federal and state agencies, from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Health Resources and Service Administration, Indian Health Services, Veteran Affairs, Homeland Security, and we've worked with over 22 states and territories providing medical review services and dispute resolution services. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Um, And first question for you here, what trends are you currently watching in your space? So within our space, one of the really interesting areas that we're working in right now is the IDRE process, which stands for the Independent Dispute Resolution Process. That was established in 2020 by the Federal No Surprises Act. Under the No Surprises Act, the big shift that happened was prior to the act's engagement, individuals all over across the country would go into a emergency room facility or, or other hospital or, or healthcare settings to which they would then receive what was affectionately or not truly affectionately known as a surprise bill, meaning a bill for services that they did not intend. And obviously that would be a large amount. Uh, this actually turned into a numerous bankruptcies for people because of the large number of bills. Most people cannot anticipate an unexpected hospital bill of over $400. Led to quite, quite a few bankruptcies across the country. By that, we mean millions. With the acts being passed by Congress, one of the best things that happened about it is that now providers can no longer bill consumers uh, for surprise bills bills that they did not sign up for in advance. Instead, the act now stated that providers would have to go to payers to then get their bills paid. It really applies to a lot of -of out-of-network providers, those who are not in-network at a health plan. And so when it comes to trends, some of the trends that are very, very interesting for us that we've monitored going forward is the number of providers who are either going in-network or are maintaining out-of-network. What we've noticed is that there is a continuation of an out-of-network push, uh, payers perhaps shrinking some of their uh, in-network, and then at the same time, providers who are simply either remaining out-of-network or have not contracted in. Uh, There is a possibility that that shift changes as this act undergoes, uh, further goes into the future, and we see more of the effects of it. But that's really one of the big changes and trends that we're looking for. And another one of the trends that we're really paying attention to right now is the number of cases, disputes, if you will, that are being filed through this new act. Under the new act, providers need to file a dispute with SOSIO, uh, which is a subset of CMS. And through that, they then can bring in the payers and they try to resolve their dispute resolution process. 
Uh, we've noticed really quite a spike in trend. The estimate was going to be 18,000 would be filed in the first year. That actually turned out to be well over 400,000. And we actually, just for 2023, the estimates are about 600,000 uh, disputes have been filed between providers and payers regarding unresolved medical bills and paying those. So those are the big trends that we're looking to monitor as we go forward. It has a really big ramification for healthcare in general, costs of healthcare overall, and just as importantly for the consumers, obviously, as well. One of the biggest trends we continue to monitor, and it's really a great thing, is, of course, that this act has prevented about 9 million surprise bills from happening to consumers. So that's the one positive has really, everyone agrees, has come out of the act right now. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, and kind of going off of that, then, what are you specifically most focused on and excited about in your role? One of the things we're really the most excited about in our role is, to be quite frankly, discussing and telling more and more providers and payers about the process. So what do I mean by that? For out-of-network providers, uh, that can be anywhere from possibly about 16 to 18% of a lot of emergency room facilities and providers. I would say 16 to 18% of them may be out-of-network. And for that is obviously providers would like to be paid a fair compensation for their services and payers would like to pay them the in-network rate that they normally would pay their, their providers who are in network with them. One of the things that we really are keeping trends on is trying to determine those disputes when they come to us, what are the factors that really affect trying to get to that right dollar amount? When we get these cases, a provider and a payer both have to give us their best offer, baseball style, if you will. And we, the independent dispute resolution entity, we have to then pick one over the other. And there's multiple factors that go into picking the right amount for services. Now, this has undergone a uh, substantial uh, federal litigation over the past two years, in fact, resulting in over uh, four significant court cases and, quite frankly, decisions that have come down uh, from the Eastern District of Texas that has really affected the process. So what we're really focused on, implementation of these changes, this is a law that, along with the litigation associated with it, it's really a continual wave of changes. There is no stagnant law that's being placed as we go forward. You really have to ride with the changes as it's happened. So that's something we're really focused on is making sure that we are implementing all the correct changes through federal government policies and procedures, but at the same time being extremely responsive to parties because when it comes to both payers and providers, one thing that is very clear with both of them, there's still a lot of confusion over the process, how, how it works, and quite frankly, what type of claims apply. So we really put a lot of focus for us. I mean, a real singular focus on just the customers and our customers being both payers and providers to make sure that they understand the process. In our line of business, we have to pick one over the other. So 50% of everyone that we deal with is usually upset because we have to pick one over the other. But what's important for us is that everyone really understands that they got a fair shake and that they can understand the process better for more disputes in the future. Absolutely. And then final question for you here. What advice would you give to evolving leaders and young professionals who would like to be in a leadership role as you are? One of the, one of the first things I would say for anyone really is, number one, it's very much your healthcare is so wide and dispersed right now that you really have to get into your own very specific niche of healthcare and really understand the numbers that motivate and move that market. 
I would say for any leader, it's really important that you have a good understanding of exactly what you're dealing with out there. Um, and I, I, as a humble pie, I certainly cannot speak for everyone in the various areas that they are, but one of the major things in healthcare is you need to really maintain your flexibility as you move forward in the process. Uh, the days of setting up your five-year plan and then implementing that plan and just marching forward, those days have come and gone. And that's actually very dangerous to do in healthcare. Healthcare will require you to maintain flexibility in your planning. And along with that, you need to make sure that you have a staff that is very flexible as well. The rigidity in your staff and how you just move forward on things, that is really changing. You need someone who can really work with you is going to be able to pivot on a dime as necessary so you can respond to some of the latest changes in healthcare because they always tend to happen in, in surprising ways that you just didn't see coming. Wonderful. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining me today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast and sharing your knowledge and insights. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.